Now, I want to start today, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. We've started all three weeks so far. We start the fourth week with this verse. It's on your screen here. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 just simply says this. Now, all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power and work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Infinitely more. Man, I love that phrase. Different versions of the scripture say it in different ways. That he's able to do more than we could ever ask or think. That he's able to do... In our vernacular, we've been talking about here, so much more than even we thought possible. And here's what the cool thing is. I can't wait to see what that looks like. I can't wait to see what so much more looks like in my own personal growth and my own personal walk. Let let me be transparent with you. Share some things that I've been praying for in my own journey. I've been praying that God would allow me to be more connected to him than I've ever been before. I've been praying that God would give me clarity and vision and wisdom as I have studied his word, as I've spent time in prayer. I've been praying that God would work on me and and take out of my life the things that are keeping me from going to that level, that so much more level in my own personal faith walk. Man, I've been praying fervently for that. And I'll be honest with you, I've seen God internally doing some great things in my heart, in my mind, and, and in my life. I've been praying that God would uh, allow me clarity in in leadership, not just to be a good leader. Everybody wants to be a good leader, but leading people to do what God has called them to do. I've been praying for that. I've been praying that God would be faithful in in using me to help others to to continue their journey, continue their walk to make a, a huge difference. I've been praying for our team. Man, we've got an amazing team here at Thomas Road, both staff and volunteers. I've been praying fervently that this year that God would allow them to to just rise up and do incredible things in the coming days. And man, I I just see that I know that God can do it. And I've said before, the only thing that will keep God doing infinitely more in your life is you. God is not limited. God is all-powerful. He is omnipotent. He is omniscient. He knows everything. He can do anything. So the only thing, logically, that we can take away from that statement is just simply this. The only thing that can stop God from doing what only God can do is us. And so that means we've got to get out of the way and let God work in us and through us. And so today, that's what we're going to talk about. That's kind of what we're going to spend some time focusing on this morning as we talk about this idea of seeing God do so much more in our lives. Now, if you've got your notes, I want you to open them up. Uh, you can open them on the app if you, uh, if you have that. And today what we're talking about is being faithful. Because again, if it's true that the only one that can keep God from doing what only God can do is us, then that means this, we better be faithful if we want to see God do so much more. That we better be locked in on what God wants us to do, the journey that he has for us. And so that's today what I want to talk about. I want to read this passage just briefly from 1 Timothy chapter 6. And today what I want to talk about is being faithful in what we do for God and our giving to God and for God. And so it says these words in 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 17. Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money. Now we could stop right there. We could do an entire sermon in that sentence. Teach people who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money. Man, I'm telling you, the world would look totally different if that were true across the board. Let's continue reading, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all that we need for our enjoyment. Tell them to use their money to do good. 
that they should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. By doing this, they will be storing up their treasure as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience true life. Now, this passage is a powerful statement because it tells us basically this. Quit trusting money. Quit worrying about money. Keep focus, stop focusing all about what I can get and how much money I have and what kind of cars that I drive and all those kinds. Just stop focusing on those things because, as God's Word says, it's so unreliable. When you are like locked into, man, I've got to have more and more money. I want money. I want to you know, fill my bank accounts and fill my stocks and, and I want to put them in my pocket. Man, I just want more and more money. When you count on and you depend on, when you lean on, when you trust in money, it's going to leave you feeling empty every time. And listen, our world is a picture of that. Our world is a perfect picture of what that looks like because so many people in our culture today only care about material possessions. And when they do, here's what happens. They end up feeling lonely. They end up feeling empty. They end up feeling worthless and useless. And they keep trying to find more things that they can find meaning in and hope in and joy in. And it always leads to a person who gets depressed, discouraged, and feels like there's nothing left. And so God says, here, man, quit, quit worrying about that stuff. Now, let me just be right up front real quick. Is there anything wrong with having money? The answer is absolutely not. God provides. God takes care of us. Yes, we resources money. It's important to have those things. And it's important to be a good steward of those things. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. But, but listen, what it means is, is that we don't love money. The Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil, right? So when it's all about money, what ends up happening is it destroys our, our perspective on life. And our perspective on life should just simply be this, trusting God every step of the way, no matter what. And so being faithful in that, understanding that, being passionate about that in our walk with God is how he begins to do a work in us when he recognizes that in our minds, it's not all about money. Here's what God does. Strange, strange dynamic here. It doesn't, it doesn't work when you go to economics class. They don't teach you this, that God will bless us more when he sees that we don't care about more. It doesn't make sense, but according to God's word, it's true. So let's just talk about what are some of the struggles that we have to be faithful? The first was greed. No question about it. One of the big issues that we all have is the word greed. Because, man, we just want, want, want. We see it in our culture. We certainly see it on Black Friday, don't we? It never fails to amuse me and to amaze me. When you see these stories on Black Friday of people who are fighting because, you know, they're rushing in to try to get that special deal on a, you know, flat screen TV or maybe a toy that, you know, is, is so popular. And they'll, they'll actually get in the fist fights in the store over a toy. They will go to jail over a toy because they want to make sure they get saved $2 off or $5 off. People have been put in jail because of what they've done on Black Friday because they had to have something because they were willing to fight and some even willing to shoot. We've seen shootings that have happened. And it's just crazy. Greed is a destructive force. Greed will destroy anything in its path. And Satan uses that to stop us from experiencing God doing so much more. So greed is an issue. Now listen, here's one thing that we're really good at. We're really good at noticing greed in someone else, aren't we? I mean, when you look at other people, you can always tell the greedy person. You, you know who they are, 
Probably in your mind right now, you got somebody's running through your mind as materialistic and it's all about money and all about stuff and all about possessions and all about image. We all have people like that. We all know people like that. Go spend some time on Instagram or Twitter and I guarantee you'll see people like that. But here's the problem. The problem is, is we all know people who are greedy, but we just really, we don't think that we struggle with it ourselves. This is that whole issue like, you know, we're able to see, you know, the, the problem in somebody else's eyes, but, but not in our own. Like we, we miss the whole plank in the eye kind of thing, right? You see, we're, we're really good at seeing the faults in others, but we don't see the faults in our own lives. We don't see the faults in our own journeys. And so we talk about greed, like we recognize people who are all about self and all about stuff and all about, you know, money and possessions and power and all that kind of stuff. We're really good at seeing other people like that, but we don't see it in our own eyes because we don't want to. We want to think like we've got it all together. We want to believe that, that, that we're like doing everything right, that we're walking down the right path, that, that, that we're doing everything perfectly. And so it gives us the opportunity of looking at others and judging them for what they do, judging them for the way that they act, and man, forgetting, losing sight all along that it's us. Now go back to verse 17. It says this, Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money. And again, which is so unreliable. When you are living a life that is based on greed, I can guarantee you it leads to nothing but destruction and discouragement and pain. And so we've got to recognize right up front, the struggle to be faithful, biggest issue, greed. The second one is doubt. Doubt, what does that really mean? It means this, can God really take care of all my needs? Can God really actually do it by taking care of all of my needs? Because we all have needs, right? We all have rent to pay or mortgages to pay, car payments to pay. We all have to buy food to live on, right? We have to all take care of our families. We have to buy clothing. We have to, you know, pay the electric bills. We have to pay the phone bills. We've got to pay the cell phone bills. You've got to pay your Netflix bill and your Hulu bill and your Disney Plus bill and your Apple Plus bill. And all, right? I mean, all the things that are really important, right? I mean, we all have these bills that we have to pay. And so, so we understand that, that all these things just pile up over and over and over again. And here's what it leads us to. It leads us when we have all of these bills to pay and all these things that we've got to put money out for, that in the back of our minds, it begins to lead us to the thing where we don't really believe that God is going to take care of us anyway. We have doubt in the power of God to provide things of this world. Now, listen. Pretty much all of us, if not all of us, we don't doubt God's power to do the miraculous, right? We, we don't doubt that. Here's what we doubt. We doubt that God's going to actually have enough money in our pockets like at the end of the month to pay our bills. We, we doubt that because that's not a miraculous thing. That's not a God, a heaven thing. That's something that's like material. It's an earthly thing. And so we separate the power of God based on the miraculous and the heavenly and the earthly and the personal. And so we have doubts of whether God can actually do what God says he can do. Well, listen, let's see what God's word says about that. What does God tell us about that? Second part of verse uh, 17. Their trust should be in God who richly gives us, and I want you to underline in your Bible there, all that we need for our enjoyment. That God will give to us everything that we need. Now, you've heard me say it before. I'm not going to run through it again. That doesn't mean God's going to give you everything that you want, right? But God will give you everything that you need. God will always 
provide. And here's the interesting thing about God. He never does it early. Have you noticed that? That when we have a desperate need before God, he never shows up like three weeks early and surprises us. Like to, so, you know, for the next three weeks, we can just kind of chill, take it easy, and all's well, right? It's always like last minute stuff. Am I right about that? And I think God does that, again, to retain our faith, to keep us close, to keep us understanding that God, number one, is faithful. But number two, man, even at the last moment, God will provide a way. And so God always provides everything to me. Philippians 4, 19. And the same God who takes care of me will supply all of your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. That our God shall supply all of our needs. Man, what an amazing statement. What an incredible thought that God, who sits in heaven, who has so much to do and so much to worry about and so many people talking to him and he's got to look over the entire universe that God actually notices what we need every single day. So stop doubting God. Take him at his word. He promises that he'll take care of you. Quit doubting God and trust God. The next one, the reason we struggle to be faithful is the word comfort. Here's what, we think that we've done enough. Or... We want so much more for ourselves. We think we've done enough. We're only focusing on self. Like we get to the point where it's like, okay, you know, I trust God and, and I don't doubt God and, and, and I believe in God and you know, I want to help God and I want to do all the right stuff. But when it comes right down to it, man, I want that new phone. When it comes right down to it, man, I, I want to be comfortable. Man, I, I, it's all about me. I want to make sure that I'm happy. And so what ends up happening when we have that viewpoint, that, that vantage point, is that we get this idea that we clasp, clasp our hands together and we hold on dearly to everything that we have. That we hold on dearly to everything that God has given to us. That we grab a hold of it and we don't have this idea of generosity. We don't have this idea of blessing others. We have this idea that it's all about us and I've done enough. Let somebody else do the heavy lifting now. The problem with that is that does not in any way, shape, or form line up with what God's call on your life is. God's call on your life is this, to always be faithful, to always use what God has blessed you with, to minister to, to encourage, and to bless others, because that's what God's call in our lives. And so, man, we've got to get deal, deal with these struggles. We've got to figure out a way to walk through these things and to stop having that problem. So let's talk about our responsibility to be faithful. Our responsibility to be faithful. I want to read this passage, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2. It says this, Now a person who is put in charge as a manager must be faithful. The New King James Version says it this way, Moreover, it is required of stewards that one be found faithful. Now that word steward is an important word. It means manager, the same idea, same concept. And it's the idea of this, is that everything that you have in your hands, God has placed into your hands, and our responsibility is to manage it well. To handle it well. That's why we have the financial peace classes here, starting this morning and again tonight. To help us manage it well, because we live in a culture today that's always trying to get every single dollar out of our pocket. Now, the other day I was sitting in a restaurant, and uh, on the back wall of the TV, I was sitting there with my family, and, and, and on the back wall they had the TV there on the screen, and this thing popped up, this, this advertisement for these solar 
uh, solar-powered LED lights that you can put outside of your house that don't need any wiring, don't need any connection, that all the sun, you know, charges them, and then at nighttime, they're motion detector, you walk up, and this incredibly bright LED light shines, and it just shines over everything. And I thought, that's pretty cool. I mean, I, that's pretty neat. I, I like that. So here's what I did. I, I watched and I paid attention until I got to the, the website. And when I got home, I went on my computer and I ordered them. And when I went to the website to order them, it says, man, for 25 bucks, they'll throw in an extra light. So you get two lights now for 25 bucks. And they'll give you a flashlight, you know, free that comes along with it and free shipping. I mean, it sounded like a good deal. So I thought, this is neat, I'll do that. So I went home and I went on the website, started to order that light, went through all the process, and it got to the process. It would not let me check out unless I ordered three, which means six. So in other words, that $25 deal, it wouldn't let me buy them unless I paid $75. And then, I gotta be honest with you, I bought them. <laughs> I got them. They came in a couple of days ago. And I was kind of excited, the box came in, and. The other night I was sitting at home and I, I ripped into that box. I opened that box and pulled those lights out and pulled those flashlights out. That's pretty cool, man. LED, LED. It was all like something like, like you know, uh, like big torch. I mean, it's not, I forget the name, but it made it seem like, like you could shine that flashlight from my house and I could shine it all the way to China. I mean, it was like, it really, it had this idea. I got it and I put the batteries in it. I thought this would be pretty cool. It didn't work at all. I got more batteries put in, it didn't work. And I got the other, I, I get it, I got three flashlights, right? So I got one of the other flashlights, but the light didn't work. Then I got the third one, still didn't work. Okay, I paid $75 because I was all excited. They, they suckered me into spending more and more and more, and I spent more and more and more, and I ordered the lights, and none of them work. So then I started looking for the return policy. And I said, okay, by the way, you can't find that. Just, just, you know, word to the wise here. But anyway, that's the idea. We all get suckered into doing more and more and more, and we waste money, and we spend money that we don't have. We get into debt. We run down this journey of always trying to have more, and we get on this, this cycle of life that we can't ever find hope in, that we can't ever find relief from. And so we've got to get to the place that God has expected us. Yes, he's put stuff in your hands, but you better be a good manager of it. I was not a good manager of my money in that. I wasted $75. Now, we all have stories like that, don't we? Let's be honest. Go home and look in your closet. you got lots of stories like that. We all have stories like that. And so we've got to figure out, I mean, God wants us to be faithful in our stewardship. So here's the thing we've got to recognize that helps us do that, right? The first thing is this. It all, it all, okay. Here we go. Nope, okay. It all belongs to God. It all belongs to God. Everything that we have belongs to God. There's nothing that you have in life that does not belong to Him. Every dollar in your pocket, who does it belong to? Your car out in the parking lot, who does it belong to? The clothes in your closet, who does it belong to? Everything belongs to God. And so when you get that, that, that perspective in life and recognize that, that even though you might have written the check and you might have swiped your card and you might have handed them the cash, when it comes right down to it, everything that we own belongs to God. And if we believe that everything belongs to God, here's what happens. We stop being so stingy with it. We stop being so selfish over the things that we have because we get to the place where we recognize that God has given it to us to be a good steward of it. Psalm 89, verse 11. The heavens are yours, and the earth is yours, 
Everything in the world is yours. You created it all. And so I mean, just start right there. If you want to live a life of recognizing what it means to be faithful, of living this life, of focusing on doing the right thing, everything you have belongs to God. See, we live in a culture today where everybody believes that everything we have belongs to us. And when we believe it all belongs to us, guess what we want? We want more. And we want what he has. And we want what she has. And we got to figure out ways to get that, even though maybe we can't afford it, right? So it all belongs to God. James chapter 1, verse 17 and 18 says this, Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God, our Father, who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. He chose to give birth to us by giving us His true word. And we, out of all creation, became His prized possession. So, like, first of all, how to be faithful. Man, recognize it all belongs to God. So, let's start with this. Then what belongs to God? First in your notes, we belong to God. We belong to God. The Bible just said that. I just read that passage to you. We are His prized possession. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 says this, that we are God's masterpiece, created anew in Christ Jesus to do the works that He prepared for us before time began. We are God's masterpiece. Now, here's what's important. Next time you look in the mirror and you don't feel really good about yourself, I want you to say out loud to yourself, I am God's masterpiece. And God doesn't make mistakes. God created us exactly the way that we are. And so we belong to him. We belong to God. The second thing, our stuff belongs to God. We just talked about that. Everything you've got, it belongs to God. And so when you recognize that, it helps us to be a little bit less stingy. It helps us to be... Uh, you know, less selfish. It helps us to get to the place we recognize that, man, thank God for all that he's done. Third thing, our hope comes from God. Now, that's a big one. Because here's the deal. When you don't recognize that it all belongs to God and when you're only worried about yourself and when you become selfish and greedy and when you're the place where you want more and more and more and you're only happy if you get more and more and more, here's one thing you'll never find, hope. Because what you're doing is you're putting your hope in stuff. You're thinking, if, man, if I only had that house, man, I'd be, it'd be perfect. If I only had this much money, man, things would be good. If I had that car, man, things, life would be great. And here's the problem. When you put hope in stuff, hope will always let you down. So recognize, man, hope comes from God. It only comes from Him. So what should our response be? Well, look at this passage. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Verse 7, you must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. And God will generously provide all that you need. Then you will always have everything that you need and plenty left over to share with others. As the scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. So what are some of the things that we can learn from this passage? Well, the first thing is this, give abundantly. Like recognize what God requires of us is that we want to actually be people who give. Now it says here, don't give under reluctance or give out of pressure. Now you know I don't ever try to pressure people into giving. That's, that's just not what I do. We've all seen probably the TV preachers who put pressure on, don't we? We've seen them. And we've seen what they do. We've seen where they hit people over the head. Hey, if you send me this money, like right now, God's going to give you so much more money. We've seen the TV preachers that have told you that if you send in the money, that God's going to heal you and you'll be, you'll be fine from now on. We've seen them say that you're not living for God unless you give money to this church. All that kind of stuff. Listen, I don't do that. I don't blind. That's baloney. All that stuff, it's just all baloney. It's trash. Don't pay attention to it. 
But here's what I do know. I give you opportunities to give. You know why? Because we are blessed when we give abundantly. God speaks to that and uses that. And God has allowed us here at Thomas Road to see the abundance of that because we recognize that we literally, through this local church, have reached people all around the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ because people have been willing and faithful in their giving. Look what it says in 1 Peter chapter 4. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Now what that tells us is this. Not only do we give of our resources, our money, we give of ourselves. That we have to recognize God has blessed us. We'll talk about that in a few moments with specific gifts and talents that we must use to be faithful in serving God. So we give abundantly. The second thing, we give regularly. The Bible talks about bring your first fruits, your first tenth into the storehouse, to bring it into the church, to to give to God's church so that God's church can continue to do the work that God has called us to do. God doesn't want you to sit around till the end of the year and give, trying to figure out like what it will mean in your taxes. And and that's the only time that you give is to make sure you get a, you know, be able to write it off. No, give regularly because of the blessing that God gives through that. Third one, give joyfully. Look what it says in 1 Corinthians 9. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. God loves it when you love to give. And I've got to be honest with you, and I think most of you in this room understand this. It's rare that you feel as good when you've actually done something to bless somebody else. Man, it feels good. When you help someone, when you encourage someone, when, when, when you walk into somebody who's going through a difficult time and you're able to help them through that time and minister to them, man, it just feels great when that takes place. And so recognize God loves a cheerful giver. When we give with that heartbeat, when that, that passion, God blesses that and God loves it when we do. So here's a couple things we got to get. Our accountability and being faithful. Romans chapter 14, verse 12. Yes, each one of us will give a personal account to God. Every single one of us. So what do we give an account for? Well, number one, we're accountable to ourselves. You are accountable to yourselves. That's what we've been talking about over the last few weeks in these spiritual disciplines. We are responsible to ourselves to grow in our faith with God. We are responsible to spend time in God's Word. We are responsible to make sure that we're spending time in prayer. We are responsible to do the right thing. You will be held accountable for what you personally do in your own journey, in your own faith walk. The second thing, we're accountable for our possessions. God is going to hold you in account for what you have. I mentioned a few moments ago, oftentimes we're greedy. Man, it's like this idea that everything we have, we hold on very tightly. I mean, we like grip it, we hold on to it, we don't want to let it go. Here's the problem. When we are holding on to things so tightly that nothing can get out, recognize this, nothing also can get in. You see, God cannot give to a person who's holding on greedily. God can only give to a person with open hands. I'm recognizing the things that we have belong to Him, and we'll use them to continue to minister and to help and to bless. And when God sees open hands in our hearts, guess what God does? He fills those hands up. That's a biblical principle. Third thing, we're accountable for our time. We are absolutely accountable for our time. We live in a culture today that everything is about binge. Binge watching, binge playing, laziness, all the, man, we sit there and we think about, man, I, you know, again, Netflix. We can sit there and we can watch, you know, 10 seasons, 10 years of television shows. And it's this whole, I mean, we can binge watch that stuff. That's great. Quit wasting your time. Is it wrong to watch TV? No. 
Is it wrong to allow TV to take the place of serving God? You bet it is. We're accountable for our time. And the last thing, we're accountable for our gifts. The Bible clearly says that every single one of us have been given a spiritual gift and some many spiritual gifts to use for God. And whether it's your voice and singing, whether it's your, uh, your encouragement, whether it's hospitality, whether it's preaching, whether it's, it's sharing the gospel, whatever your spiritual gift is, if you do not use it faithfully, God will not bless you. And sometimes God takes it away. So, man, we've got to be faithful in our giving. We've got to be faithful in using everything that God has blessed us with to make sure that we are exactly where he wants us to be. Here's why. Because if we don't, then we will never be able to fulfill the Great Commission. The Great Commission simply tells us, go and tell the world about Jesus. And if you're not faithful in giving, it won't happen. So remember how we started today, that the only thing that can keep God from doing what only God can do is us? Today, that's what we've talked about. And these are the ways that we stop ourselves from being used by God. And here's what I'm challenging you today. Man, throw that thing out the window and start doing things right. Start being all that God calls you to be, wants you to be, encourages you to be, gifted you to be, provides for you to be. And if you will, God will change the world through you. And that's what we're praying for. Heavenly Father, today, thank you for your word. Thank you for the challenge that it gives to us because it does. It really does speak to us and it changes us. And Lord, it tells us where we mess up. It shows us where we're doing things right. It helps us to correct our path. So God, I pray that today, everyone in this room, that we will figure out what that looks like in our journey. God, I pray that you would help us all to be faithful. Lord, I pray that you would help us to, to know and understand what it is that you want us to do and that we would be faithful in doing that not allowing greed, not allowing the culture, not allowing selfishness to, to take the place of or com complete and total commitment to you. And God, today as we come to a moment where we spend some time making commitments, Lord, if there's somebody here today that doesn't know you, has never come to the place where they believe that Jesus is your son, that he died and that he rose again through that ultimate gift that he gave his life so that we might have salvation. God, I pray today, Lord, that you would do that in this moment in their lives. And God, for that, we'll give you the praise. We'll give you the glory. With our heads bowed and with our eyes closed, in a moment, we're going to stand, we're going to sing. And as we do, our team is gathering here at the front. And maybe today you want to come down, and maybe you want to come and leave a prayer request, or maybe you want to come and leave a praise. I encourage you to do that. Maybe you want to come down and just kneel here and pray for a situation that you're walking through, or maybe a situation that a, a loved one is walking through that you just want to seek God's direction and face over. Maybe today... You want to come down and you want to get your life right with God. You've been walking away from him. Maybe today you want to come down and meet this Jesus that we talk about. This Jesus who always makes the way. This Jesus who has given his life. He died and then he rose again so that we could find forgiveness of our sins. And you've never met him, never believed in him. Today our team would love to talk with you about what that looks like. And how today you can walk out of here as a child of God. Man, I encourage you when we stand in a moment, you just make your way down to the front. You make that commitment. You do whatever it is that God is dealing with you and telling you to do right now, right here. So let's stand and let's sing. And the aisles are open. The altar's open. And let's see what God can do. 
we want to take this opportunity to thank you for joining us here today. You know, at Thomas Road Baptist Church, since our very beginning, back in 1956, we've been about one thing and one thing only, and that is to bring the message of hope that comes through Jesus Christ to the world. And today, my friends, we recognize we live in a world that's messed up. We live in a world that's full of division and conflict and pain and sorrow. But Jesus came to this world not to bring division and sorrow, but to bring joy, to bring peace, to bring hope. And today, that's the message that we want to share with you. And if you're watching this and you've never had the opportunity of, of connecting with him at that level, of understanding what it is that Jesus came to do, then I encourage you and I want to let you know the greatest news you'll ever hear. And that's this, God loves you. He loves you with an everlasting love. In fact, he gave his only son, Jesus, to come to this earth to die on the cross, to pay for your sins and for my sins, to do for us what we never could do for ourselves. What an amazing gift that really is. God loves you. Christ died for you. But three days later, he rose again. And when he came out of that grave, he gives us victory over sin, over Satan, over the grave. He gives us the hope for eternity. But according to God's word, it's very clear. What we must do is believe. We must believe that Jesus is the Son of God. We must believe that He died and that He rose again. And if we do that, according to Romans 10, 13, anyone, that means you, it means me, it means every person that has ever lived, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And so I encourage you today to recognize that hope that comes to Jesus. And if you've never trusted Him as your Lord and Savior, do so today believing that he is who he said he is, that he did what he said that he did, calling on his name, and it'll change everything. That is the message that we share. It's a message that we want to take to the entire world. And today I would encourage you to connect with us, maybe even financially through a gift that you can help us to take this message around the world. I encourage you today to stand with us as we stand with truth, as we stand with hope, to let the world know God loves. Thank you.